I'm delighted to be back in conversation with another wonderful graduate from our AOEC practitioner, uh, practitioner Diploma Programme. Today, I'm in conversation with David Paulson. Uh, I first met David in early 2020 as he undertook the programme, and I'm really pleased to reconnect with him today on this podcast. David has had a very varied career with two stints as a, a managing director of manufacturing SMEs in England, uh, many years with GE Capital as a relationship manager, and many years in academia. Firstly, uh, as a student, he has a, a degree in history, an MBA, and a PhD in business history, which was undertaken between Cambridge and Harvard. And I'd love to dive into um, David's PhD subject, and we may or may not have time for that today. We may touch on it, we may not, uh, but it was on one aspect of the history of SMEs in England and West Germany for the period 1949 to 1979. Um, and we could probably spend hours talking about that in, it, in itself. Um, David also spent some time lecturing in business management at Coventry University alongside his one of his MD roles. And for the last two and a half years, he's been at Queen's University in Belfast. Here he is professor of practice uh, in Queen's Management School as well as teaching and coaching. He coaches students and executives. Um, he continues to conduct research into leadership and his particular area of interest continues to be SMEs and family businesses. Welcome, David. Hi, Wendy. It's <laughs> nice to be here. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, our conversation could probably go um, in one of many directions today. Um, when we were chatting about which topic we would um, we would talk about today, you mentioned your current interest in purpose in leadership. Uh, so shall we start there? Yes. Uh, I, I think it's an extraordinarily difficult time to um, be a leader at the moment. Um, we can talk in a moment about what leadership actually means, whether it's an individual or whether it's a, it's a group endeavour, but whatever it is, it's being done at the moment in really challenging circumstances. Mm. We are managing the pandemic, which seems to go on and on. Um, under the pandemic, we're having to th rethink the way that we work in organisations, whether we work remotely, whether we work in the office. Um, we are having to think much more significantly about the problem of climate change and where that takes our organisations. And even if we didn't have those two things to think about, um, we've got the advance of technology and all that might mean for jobs and the way that we conduct ourselves. And generally, people are asking questions about what's loosely called the future of work. So in all of these areas, leadership um, is a real challenge. It's something that we need to think about uh, uh, and constantly refine and work together on. Mm. But what's very interesting to me is in um, a lot of academic thinking at the moment, we are at last coming to the question of what really seems to me to be fundamental in being a leader and being a human being, which is about purpose. What is our purpose in life? What is our organization's purpose? What is our purpose as a leader? And um, 
leaders were always seen to be um, usually men, weren't they? Um, even in some research, tall men, uh, and to have certain traits and characteristics. And thankfully, we've moved beyond that. We've realised that everybody in an organisation is of, of value, that organisations can't work unless everybody in them is working together. And from that, thankfully, we've got to a point where we recognise as well that even though you might be the person with the title of leader or managing director or CEO, or whatever it is, your organisation isn't going to cope in the future uh, unless we recognise that leadership is everywhere within it. Mm. Um, so this is where we are. Uh, and within all of that, as I say, the, the question is, what's our purpose? Mm. Uh, why am I in this job as a leader? Um, what is it that um, I want to achieve? Is it just to make the business more profitable? Is it just to win market share? Or is it something much more significant than that? Is it something which makes me think about why we're here in this community, what our place is in, in terms of the environment, and what our place is in terms of the families of our staff, um, and for ourselves as leaders, individually, why are we here and what do we actually want out of work? Uh, have we just been fighting our way up the greasy pole to get to the top and to have that job in the corner office? Or is life actually a lot more than that? And these are all things as well, which when we are being coached as individuals, I was coached um, as a leader when I was a leader, uh, trying my purpose in life should be. Uh, and when we are coaching leaders ourselves, I'm sure you have the same experience, Wendy, you're in a position where you're asking people sometimes, so what is it gets you out of bed in the morning? Why, why do you want to do what you're doing? Is it really what uh, is important to you in your life? And sometimes we get some very interesting answers, don't we? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, coaching to me is is one way in which you can help people to really assess their own motivation and to ask serious questions about why we all go to work every day and what the purpose of what we do is. Mm -hmm. So, wow, um, there's a lot of interesting questions you're kind of putting forward there in terms of, well, the challenges, the challenges facing leaders and organisations in today's world. Um, like you say, not just the pandemic and it's a big enough challenge in itself, but all those other things um, like uh, technology and the environment. Um, and yeah, big, big questions. And when it was funny, I, I made the error on that um, earlier, we uh, purpose in leadership versus purpose of leadership. And so it's really interesting to think, yeah, of, of leaders thinking, what is my purpose in leadership? Yeah. 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 And acknowledging the fact that um, although uh, nominally you are the person who is um, holding the the top title, um, you've got to have the humility to appreciate that it's not all about you. It's about everybody. What what you can do is to help people align the thoughts, you can ask the right questions, but you need to have the humility to understand that there are other people besides you who have the right answers to those right questions, and to accept that 
circumstances that we're in at the moment are now so pressing that unless it's a collaborative effort and you've got everybody's brain on the job and everybody's heart into it, um, you're not going to be able to cope with the challenges that are in front of you right. as an organisation. Yeah. Um, so at, at that level of being able to get things done, there's some sense of, of needing everybody to be involved. But the best way to have people involved is for them all to agree that we have a purpose that we all believe in, mm. that, that we're all here for a good reason, that the good reason isn't just about the bottom line, um, that there is something more important about the place that we um, occupy in our community. Mm. And one of the interesting things that, that took me to looking at German businesses, as you kindly said at the beginning, was just this sense of, the small businesses that they have, which they call the Mittelstand, how those businesses have grown out of individual villages and small towns and the, the, the sense of them was never, we're just pursuing the bottom line growth for growth's sake. We're here for the benefit of our community. We stay anchored in the community. And we we think, as some, some of them say, we think not in terms of the next quarter, but of the next decade. And we think not in terms of maximising profits by reducing headcount, but we think of developing jobs for our community. And that gives them a sense of purpose, which sometimes if you're in a, a quarterly focused, bottom line focused, um, Western Anglo-American kind of business, it isn't the way that you think. And thankfully, we're all now having to question whether that's the right way forward. Mm. And is that what you're finding in in your conversations with with leaders that uh, uh, it's almost like a, a lot of this is up for question now people are doing a maybe a bit of soul searching yes i think they are and yeah. um and i think you're seeing as well that businesses which um are just very hard-nosed aren't particularly focused on values don't particularly take into account the well-being or the contribution of their staff may have some short-term hits but those businesses which last some of the brilliant businesses we see in, in northern ireland that we work with in the university these are businesses that themselves are based in their community and they have a real sense of what they're there for and they're thinking about something bigger and yeah. longer term yeah. and the people who are there are all involved in it yeah and what you said a moment ago about the organization wondering how can we create more employment for our community rather than how do we increase our profit by uh, letting people go um, yes that that kind of sounds like yeah that that sounds novel to me <laughs> it is it's a very interesting thing it struck me the first time when um i'd been working for uh, an american multinational uh, and there the bottom line was everything quarterly performance was everything and um, it was a, a mark of achievement if you'd minimized headcount or you'd taken out headcount in order to push your profit up. And that was an acceptable way of playing the game. And I remember very vividly coming to um, a new job in a manufacturing business and going to a first trade show in Europe and seeing on the front of um, companies display stands the number of jobs which they had created in that year these were dutch businesses german businesses and what they saw was themselves as having a social force of creating employment uh, and really making a difference where they were and it was a very striking 
sense of a, a different approach. Wow. And how, roughly how many years ago was, was that? Well, this would be um, probably 15 years ago when I transitioned from big business, corporate business to smaller businesses. Yeah. So you're already... Um, there were a few people there. Um, and, and as I've said, what people are now, I think, starting to see is at the business level, um, it's not possible any longer just to occupy the top office and tell people what should be done. Um, uh, it's not possible because of the, the reasons of complexity in the market that I talked about at the start here. But it's also not possible for a, a, a reason that we all need to take account of, which is that um, our children have different values from us, or at least different values from the values that we uh, grew up with. If you're going to employ Generation Z for the future of your business, Generation Z are values orientated people. They have purpose in their lives and they want you to have purpose in yours and in your organization. Otherwise, they're not going to stay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I, I have uh, four children myself. Um, I get constant feedback on their values relative to mine <laughs> and, we, and we do with the students the same and and it's mm -hmm. energizing to work with the students because you see that they tick in a different way yeah. and if you're not willing to look at the way that they tick and to take into account what's important to them which is about purpose and why we're here um then you, you're not gonna have a business in the future um so it, it's really a time where we need to rethink the way we do things but um What's striking to me as well, and, and I, I found this, um, I suppose you would say self-evidently found this because I changed my career. Um, what's striking to me is the extent to which people now are beginning to question their own personal purpose in the way they work. Why do they go to work every day? I think the lockdown and the move to remote working has questioned traditional ways of you fit in, you do as you're told. Uh, you turn up at nine, you don't leave before five, and this is the way it is. Um, and you sacrifice all that you need to sacrifice in terms of your family in order to get that done. I think that the lockdown has shown that that doesn't necessarily need to be the case at all. People have worked perfectly well, they've been productive, um, and they have been able to pick up the children from school and they have been able to exercise each day and they have been able to manage their lives around their work and the quality of the workers has remained high. Uh, and this then is driving a, or should be driving a, a change in the way that you look at people in your organization. If you, if you are responsible for an organization, how now do you view those people who, as it turns out, are able to drop off the child in the morning and still do a brilliant day's work and still pick them up at half past three in the afternoon mm. has it detracted from the organization no you've got happier people who are motivated um and you're able with them now to think of purpose perhaps more broadly mm. um in your own life even if you are the the chief executive of a bigger organization is your purpose only to, to make that organization grow what about your own life and your own family and your own legacy? What is it that you're going to give back? Um, I teach a course to senior executives on resilience, personal resilience. And these are people who are often very driven in themselves, um, extremely capable. 
but there are also people who are driven by organizational convention and culture. And the last slide I show is it starts with a picture and I ask anybody if they recognize the picture and I, I, I ask them whether they feel as though looking after themselves and their families is sometimes incompatible with occupying a senior position and often people say that it is. And then I reveal to them that the picture is of a man called Alan Jope, who's the CEO of Unilever. And I put a quotation up there and he says, you can always get another job, you can't get another family. Uh, and he's trying to explain to people that you've got to get your, your priorities and your values right. And you've got to understand that for you, you have to have a. Uh, and if you want to work in the right place for you that purpose has got to fit with the organization's purpose and you need to ask yourself some important questions each day which is why you're here and what matters more um your budget or your children uh, uh, and think again about why we're all doing what we're doing mm. Mm. and to me that's a very powerful message for people to take away mm. um, sometimes i used to say to people even when i was frustrated that we weren't getting things done um, but you could see that people get into the end of the tether. Sometimes you have to say to people, look, this is only a job. Yeah, yeah. Come back tomorrow. Tomorrow is another day. Yeah, yeah. Instead, we, we, we've all been, I think, sucked into this endless, um, remorseless drive for, for what? A bigger bottom line uh, and at the expense of what? People's health, people's well-being, people's mental welfare increasingly, people's family life. And yeah. perhaps now this is a time for us to reassess what mm. what the future of work should be and, and why we're here. Uh, and if if coaching can help some people to do that who wouldn't otherwise be able to uh, come to terms with it, then mm -hmm. that's a great service that perhaps we can provide. Mm -hmm. I love I love what you said there, David, about um, it's kind of about the world we find ourselves in, the what the uh, what the last however many years or decades have been like for leaders of businesses um, kind of uh, just do, do, doing what we do and doing what we think is expected um, but then the word that came to me there as you were talking about this new world was the almost like the ecosystem that the leader is enmeshed in that it's not just the organization or the business it's his or her family as well and mm -hmm. his or her life his or her values um and i totally i totally resonate with that i totally um sort of endorse endorse that that thinking and i'm thinking you must get butts to that do you get lots of butts like well that's all very good but um so, so the reasons that people are maybe caught now between that aspiration or that new world and and maybe the the hard cold reality mm -hmm. of 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 the job or or the the outputs or the performance that is expected you you've got to um take reality into account evidently people have got to live they've got to pay the mortgage and everything else but they, they shouldn't or situation it should be an and situation you should be striving for the and all the time how can i help people to pay their mortgage by the business being successful and ensure that they have a good family life those two things 
um, a zero-sum game. We can either be successful in business or we can have well-balanced lives between both things. But that now needs to be a discourse of the past. And what we need to be saying now is it's all about the end. We've got to find a way to make it work. We've got to find a way, for example, a trivial example, we've got to find a way to continue uh, to move goods around without destroying the planet. You cannot mm. say, well, um, we can either have movement of goods or international business travel. Um, or we can save the planet, but we can't do both. We've got to find a way to do both. Mm. And at the individual level, um, for the kind of people that you and I might coach, Wendy, you've 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 got to help them to find a way, if possible, to have both for themselves. You've got to have uh, a, a profession, a job, which allows you to look after yourself and after those who are important to you. But you've also that you yourself are important your mental health is important your physical health is important your sense of what you're doing being congruent with your personal values is important as well mm. if you wouldn't do something beastly to people in your private life then don't be beastly to them in your profession um, yeah. if you believe in sustainability in your private life then make your working environment sustainable as well we need to find a way to pull these and thinking about purpose whether yeah. it's a big p or a small p why why are we here lately why am i here personally is a great way to do that ask yourself yeah. that question mm -hmm. yeah i like that so focusing on the and have that and and that um is and, and that can be a challenge to i think our western way of thinking as well can't it it's easy for us to do a or b black or white home life or work life mm -hmm. and it's harder for us to think both both and um but that's definitely the challenge coming at us all isn't it and and as you say one that as coaches we we can help leaders grapple with it's really important for us sometimes to challenge people uh, and to ask them whether they really believe in what it is that we're hearing them say to us. Um, are you, what you do professionally is more important to you than the risk to your health or the fact that you don't see your children grow up or anything else? Uh, and why, why should those things be disconnected? Why should somebody need to choose? Why should you need choose between bringing up your children and and having a career why do organizations not provide abilities to bring out the best and make the most of the talent of everybody in their organization whether they're a way to have a child a child or whether they're they're, they're uh, at the end of their career and we've got their wisdom to learn from or at the start of their year and we've got their values to take account of there needs to be a way in which we can pull all of these people together in in this common purpose of thinking this is what we're about so when you turn up every day even if sometimes you're knocked offline or you have a bad day or uh, you lose a deal or you, you you don't get a promotion or whatever else it might be you've got a a solid sense of no i believe this is what we're here for i believe this is what i'm here for and i know that although i've just been knocked offline i know I know which way north is, and I'm going to keep heading in that direction. Mm. Mm. So in a way, the world we've lived in in the last, whatever it is, 16 months, 
um, since the pandemic hit um, our kind of shores. Um, in, in some ways, it's played a useful purpose in throwing things up in the air and challenging us, challenging organisations and how they work, challenging leaders um, to know a bit more why they turn up and what matters to them mm -hmm. as as leaders. Um, so whilst I don't, I, I don't belittle the challenge and the uh, the sheer resilience that many organisations and leaders have, and individuals have had to show over the past 16, 17 months, there are definite upsides to things being thrown up in the air a bit. Mm -hmm. I, I think you have to start by saying that um, it, it's impossible to say um, that there's anything good in, in the round, in the aggregate, there is nothing good because millions of people have died. Um, all of us know people whose families have been affected. So, you know, making that statement, first of all, mm. you then though ask the, the, the questions, if you look back over the 16, 16 months, wasn't it actually nicer in Belfast or wherever you live? not to be breathing fumes all of the time wasn't it nice to be able to hear the birds sing was it was it nice to spend time with your children uh, and wasn't it actually um fairly manageable um to be in contact with the office without being there now that um that also raises i recognize lots of questions because the the answer for some of those questions is uh, no it wasn't for the young person who is on their own and who got their first job over the past year and has never left their bedroom and has never met their colleagues. Clearly, it's not uh, a great time for them. But again, that's part of, I suppose, you, you, your purpose as a leader is to think about how am I making employment the best it can be for all of the people in my organisation and those who are doing the right things and doing it well are taking account of those younger people and thinking how they can make their employment as rich as possible, that they can take care of their mental well-being and everything else. So it, it shouldn't be, a, again, it shouldn't be an either or, it should be an and. How can I manage the fact that it's not safe for them to be in the office at the moment, but, I, but I'm also making sure that they are taken care of, they are feeling part of the organisation, they are being mentored and everything else. Um, so, uh, you know, part of us is bound to want to uh, move beyond this fairly fragmented um, life that we've been living. It would be great for us to be back in a classroom with students again. Um, and it would be great for people who want to be collaborative in um, some of the creative work that they do, I'm sure, to be to be back around a table together. But there's no reason, I don't think, for us to throw away some of the good things that we have seen uh, in moving forward. It comes back to the and and the or again, you know, how, how can you ensure that you get your creative meetings done whilst making sure that for two or three or four days of the week that, that person still can pick up the children um, uh, and enjoy a more balanced life? Mm. And how do we find our way forward knowing what is now possible. Mm -hmm. So as you're talking there, I'm I'm imagining myself as a coach working with a leader in this kind of 
area and sort of imagining how the conversation would go or what questions I would ask or what tools I'd be thinking about to support the leader to to navigate this this terrain um, and I'm thinking that it, it very much I mean maybe this is stating the obvious but it very much um, brings the whole person you know into into the picture and I'm often reminded you know maybe 20 years ago when I was working with leaders and leadership development programs there was a fair few who would say actually I'm only going to bring myself as leader here to this program and only talk about myself in the work um, context and my out-of-work life is kind of nothing to do with <laughs> to do with me as a leader in this organization and what I'll be opening up about here um, and I've seen a real shift in that over the years where it's it's kind of not questioned at all now that mm -hmm. the leader will talk about them whole, their whole selves fairly fairly willingly um, but this sounds like even more of an invitation to leaders to bring their whole selves to the coaching conversation um, and for coaches to be really willing to go there which I, I think they are I think that's a a sort of a natural a natural place for coaches to go with leaders mm -hmm. yeah well it, it allows you then uh, to ask the question well if these things make up the whole of yourself, um, how good a job do you think you're doing of understanding the whole self of the people mm -hmm. you work with? And, you know, I, I think it, it, it can make you um, a more effective leader in any case sometimes it's possible i think um and, and this is documented in academic literature and in people's experience sometimes it's possible to be over empathetic and you spend so much time worrying about the message that you're conveying or the fact that you you've lost your temper with somebody that um you you fail to get done what does need to get done but equally, there are times when um, if if you had a, a fuller understanding of the people who are with you, of their circumstances, um, then you can help them to be more effective in their work. And you can think as well about yourself in your own work and, and to make the link between your experience and theirs. So as a for instance of this, um, I was coaching somebody once who, um, great person, great personal values, but was um, extremely frustrated by a key performer in the business who seemed to kind of block whatever they wanted to get done. And it wasn't possible for them to get projects through easily and to advance without this top performer being on board. But more often than not, the top performer, this was a a favorite phrase of mine um, was saying, this is why we can't rather than this is how we can. And all of the time uh, there was a, this is why we can't kind of an answer coming up. And then as, as it happened, we left that and we moved on further in the conversation. And um, I said, well, you know, tell me about this other part of your business and tell me about some of the people in that. And they said, oh, and there's this brilliant person there. And I said, oh, tell me about that person. 
and there was lots there about the person's past career and what their interests were and what their character was and everything else and I said oh this is terrific I can see you appreciate that person let's go back to the person you were talking about five minutes ago tell me about them tell me what you know about them and the answer was silence and so the takeaway from the coaching session was why don't you go back to work um try to spend now some personal time with the obstacle and get to know them a bit more and understand what makes them tick because you clearly knew what makes the good person tick but you don't know what makes the obstacle person tick and I think that was a, a bit of a revelation when they went back to work and they found that uh, they were able to understand that person better once they understood their background, their motivations and the difficulties that they were having. They could see things from each other's perspective much more effectively. And it had a transformative effect on the way that business was being done. But that was because um, the person had moved from being an obstacle to being a person, a person who had their own concerns about family or whatever else it was, um, and who then um this manager was able much more effectively to relate to um and and then what you're doing is you you're thinking about how to make things work as a collective so this idea of leadership being between all of you but it's a collective in which everybody's best part is taken into account and, and everybody's shared interests and obligations are taken into account and it's not easy to get to it's much easier to sit there and say you will do this but if you want in uh, the in the present way in which we're working we, we've got these monster challenges wicked problems as we'd call them mm. um, in, in the academic literature and everywhere else wicked problems you're never going to get around them unless you've got everybody's brain engaged you're never going to get round working with Generation Z unless you take into account that they're principled people with values that you need to take into account. Mm. Uh, and you're never going to survive a career at the tempo life needs to be lived now unless you take your own welfare and um, mental well-being into account and your family situation into your account and your downtime into account uh, and think about that in terms of the people you work with as well. So it's incredibly complex the way we have to work now but it also lends itself um, nicely to just being more human and if you're more human in the workplace then all of a sudden things start to look a bit easier oh, lovely you've um you've been at the coalface you've been the leader at the top in in organizations and and now your passion is supporting others and researching um, leadership. Um, what what adv what advice would you give yourself, for example? What one thing would you say to yourself if you were a leader at the top in today's world? Yeah, what piece of advice would you give yourself? Um. recognize that you don't have all of the answers you may not have many of the answers um, be humble enough to keep reminding yourself of that fact and go around and ask some questions but also recognize that um, the reason that you're in the job that you're in is that you are supposed to have 
a sufficiency of competence you can't outsource every decision to people you've got to know how to do your your bit uh, and you've got to be competent in doing what you do but you need to understand that in your organization there are talented people at all sorts of levels and it's perfectly possible that you can find the solution to a particular problem in a place that you never thought to look asking a person you never thought to ask and you've got to remain now open to that um, you've got to be much more inclusive in what you're doing um, and you've got to help people understand this is where we're going uh, let, let's agree this is where we're going um, and um, one management writer that we like very much in um, the Leadership Institute at, at Queen's and in our work is a, a guy called Rina Todnambai, who is a Norwegian academic. And he says now that leadership is, is about the shared pursuit of delivering on purpose. So why are we all doing this? And how now are we going to get together at all levels of the organisation and do the right thing? Wow, I love it. And maybe what I'll do is uh, put the name of that um, that author uh, in the certainly yeah in the notes for for anyone who wants to follow up. And I was also going to ask you: um, Is there anything else you would recommend people to any other um, writers or any other places people could go to find out more about what you're talking about today? I think Wendy, there's quite a lot of this going about at the moment. Thankfully, um, yeah. if you were to um, look on the British Academy website there's a lot there now on, on the future of work and why we're all in organizations and what our organizations are there for um, if you look even at the big management consultancies even at the corporate level now people are having to ask the question well what's this all about and how are we going to work in the future uh, and so questions about the future of work are being asked all over the place um, so uh, I'd be happy to supply you with some thoughts for people to um, to look at. Uh, what's interesting as a takeaway, though, is the, the the idea that people in all areas are now acknowledging that they don't have an easy answer. There is no easy answer to saying this is how we should all work. There's certainly no easy answer to thinking, um, as we've seen, sadly, this is how we get over COVID. There's no easy answer to this is how we uh, manage global warming uh, and play our part in it. Um, and I think if people want to go forward um, asking those questions and looking for other people asking like-minded questions, you can come up with now lots of reading, um, which is really different in tone from what we would have seen in the past. In the past, you know, your you big management consultancies, if you looked at their websites, had the answer to everything. Now it's clear that people are asking questions rather than just delivering answers uh, because we all need to find a way forward together. And hopefully that's what we're going to do. Yeah. So on that note, um, thank you. Thank you so much for talking with me today. And what, what I've really loved and appreciated about hearing you talk is um, I have this picture of you having one foot in the reality of leadership um, and having been there and, and done it and done it very well and the other foot in, um, in academia um, and in the, the wonderful richness of your take on this topic and your thoughts and your uh, fluency around 
uh, this area. I, I just love it. So it's been a real, it's been a real delight to talk with you today. Thank you. It's been very um, nice talking with you. I, th I think what I would like to say towards the end, though, um, just to wrap up is picking up on what you've just said. Um, I asked some questions of myself and didn't get great answers. So I asked a coach, somebody, somebody told me sitting in the changing room before a rugby match, actually, and said, what you need is a coach and introduced me to one. And so I started asking a question 15, 20 years ago. What should my purpose be? Is my purpose to be somebody who drives for the bottom line and gets a bigger company car each year? Or is there something else? And that's what brought me to realize that, um, teaching is an extraordinarily privileged thing to do uh, and it's a great place to be being in the university is wonderful with the colleagues that we've got and the students that we've got but that that was an understanding of my purpose and my life is a is a better life as a result of sitting in a room with young people um hopefully not boring them too much but but finding that you're doing something which really you hope is going to make a difference to them and if other people can find their own purpose uh, and before it's too late in their career, ask themselves the question of what is it I really want to do mm. and find a way to do it, then that um, is a tremendous privilege uh, and something that they need to pursue. Mm. Lovely. Thank you for that, David. Pleasure, Wendy. Thank you.